0: Um, I'm, I'm just going to introduce them because they're going to come up and they're going to take the place of the sermon. And, you know, Martin and Deborah, their name is Martin and Deborah, their names are. And I met Martin and Deborah maybe the first weekend that I arrived in Australia in 2005. And, you know, for I came as an immigrant all by myself as like a 32-year-old. And I moved to a different country from America. And it was really hard. And so I remember when, when I first met them, they were actually the head of my teachers. I was, I was a youth pastor at a different church, and they were were heads of the teachers. And they were, I think, if I can just sum it up really quickly, they were probably some of the most supportive people I met the moment I got off the plane. They supported me in my ministry. They supported me in my loneliness. They supported me financially at times. Whenever I needed help, they were always there. And uh, not only that, but, you know, they were so supportive. They were leading this um, small group ministry for young adults at the time, which I was. Right at the time and uh and I needed so much support I decided to join that ministry It was in that small group that I met my wife so you know there's a part of me that maybe I owe them a little bit you know you know because I've met my wife there and you know since then we've seen I've seen Martin and Deborah they've always had a heart for God they've always had a heart to see the gospel alive in young people and I had always, just seeing them take risks and just do great things for God. And then all of a sudden, they told us one time that they were thinking about going to Cambodia. We're like, okay, that's awesome. And then a few years later, they're telling us, I think we're going to be, we become full-timers. And we're like, wow, that's crazy, right? I mean, how many of you have friends that decided to become full-time missionaries to a different country? And it's absolutely radical. And it's awesome. It's also, I've had the great privilege, we've had the great privilege of seeing God just um, speak to them. And work in them. And then I had a chance to go over to Cambodia for a few times in the past few years, and it's just absolutely amazing just the things that God is doing through them. So uh, they were here for just two months, and so, you know, they are very busy, but I got to lock in this Sunday, and I invited them to come, and I wanted them just to share um, their heart with you today. So can we welcome my friends Martin and Deborah? Uh, Martin Chan, Deborah Kim, uh, you know, please come and
1: Thanks very much, Eddie. I thought, I thought I would try to get a slide to introduce how we got to know Eddie, but he has done much better than I did. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. So, I'll probably will quickly skip that. But beforehand, I think I would better to just uh, give a little bit more introduction about ourselves. Um, yes, my name is Martin, and uh, I'm 1.5 generation Aussies. So I came to Australia with my parents back in '92. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm originally from Hong Kong, so I'm not Korean. And uh, yeah, I've been working in the IT industry for the past 17 years. Uh, it was because I love of computer games, and that's why it brought me to this industry. <laughs> 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 uh, in, in my spare time, I like to do a lot of things. Uh, I like paper notes, pianos. Uh, I like mainly classical. And I also like Eddie. We are audiophile. And um, also, I love uh, photography as well. And um, yeah, how about you? You want to share a little bit about yourself? <laughs>
2: um, yeah, my name is Deborah. I used to work as optometrist in Sydney, and um, that's how we got to go to um, Cambodia. I um, um, don't have many uh, hobbies. <laughs> I like traveling. Um, yeah, we used to you do like the painting. Yeah, yeah, we used to do you the like work do some crafting and, yeah. and Bit of a craft, yeah, souls and stuff. yeah. When I was young, I didn't want to be a crafty person, but you know, to pick on my parents, it's like you should go back to study. So <laughs> end up studying. So yeah, um, yep, that's for me.
1: Um, we actually met in uh, ESL class while we were studying the English as a second language in TAFE. So that was back in a long time back 1992, Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, during our spare time, we love traveling, uh, we like doing road trips, uh, we like skiing, we like uh, boogie boarding, so yeah. So that's our life before missionaries. And of course, um, Eddie mentioned, we, we got to know him like 2005.
2: Eddie and us? Um, the slide, Eddie and us?
1: Oh yeah, yes.
2: Okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we know each other for 17 years, wow. Yeah, it's such a long
2: time. Uh, too bad I couldn't find the Eddie skinnier days photos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it is uh, that time he was lonely, he was struggling. He's uh, asking, "Oh, i am here in Australia? Oh, I should go back to to to, 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 to America." But we always encourage him. You know, look, at, look back now. You have Jihan. <laughs> I think the whole reason why you come to Australia is to to be get married with Jihan. <laughs> and that's the whole thing you know so yeah um okay well enough said that that's uh that's how how long we have been uh know each other um so i guess you you ask um why we become a missionary like oh, have we actually been planning or thinking about being a missionary for in our lives um uh, no no we're not we never thought to be a missionary and uh, let alone like going to Cambodia uh, but in two thousand and six, yes, <laughs> in two thousand and six, uh, there was a phone call from someone who 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 don't know, uh, who didn't know, um, just called to Deborah and asked if she, if she would be interested to to join a, a medical mission to Cambodia. Uh, but that time we thought, oh wow, um, no, <laughs> uh, we don't know who is that person, and we we are not interested in doing any uh, medical mission trip to Cambodia. So we just politely turned turn him down saying, oh, sorry, maybe maybe next year. Um, so in 2007, that person called us exactly one year later and asked if we are still interested, try to go to Cambodia. So, I, so we thought, okay, maybe you sh- we should give it a try. And so that's how we started. Um, we went for a short-term mission, uh, two weeks in Cambodia. And that's
2: yeah, the, the person was a um, good friends now. He's a missionary himself uh, from um, Campus Crusade. Now it's part to Change. Yeah, somehow he got my number and then he rang. So that's how we end up in Cambodia.
1: That's right. Um, but somehow, some way, uh, the it, Cambodia, this country, actually attracted us to go back again and again. So we we have been going back there uh, from 2007 uh, every year since then. We took half of our annual leave, Uh, so we we spent two weeks in Cambodia with that uh, um, GoPro A network, they call it, uh, to do medical mission. Um, Not until 2011, uh, one of the Cambodian dental students, he actually asked uh, if you would be interested to do two-month mission trip. That was a 60-day challenge, I call it. And um, I think the first uh, two questions we raised uh, about uh, to us is, okay, you're going for two months. How are we going to support ourselves for, for two months trip? And, and what are we gonna do for two months? Um, I think that's the main concern. Um, but we spend half a year in praying, uh, and we talk to uh, our mentors, and, um, and we also um, tell people about what we're planning to do. Um, but before we go, a lot of people and friends they actually come and supported us, uh, and so all the all the expenses that we need for that trip was completely covered by the uh, by the people's support, and also God led us to uh, two people. Uh, one is the eye doctor, a Cambodian eye doctor, uh, and also there was a, a pastor who is actually serving as a house in a house church in a remote area in Thai, near Thai border which actually, actually eventually uh, Eddie actually brought a team to them over there as well, um, back a few years ago. Um, so yeah, we've been spending two weeks with the eye doctor doing um, eye, eye clinic um, to the high school teachers uh, in, in Cambodia, in one of the remote provinces, And then we spent another two weeks with uh, the house church pastor. Uh, we're doing eye care for, for some of the villages around the area as well. Um, so after we finished that uh, two months medical uh, mission trip, we went home and we felt that I think God is actually calling us for a longer uh, term serving in Cambodia, but we wasn't so sure. So we've been spending entire year actually praying about that. And uh, during that time, we also... um, once a week, we will actually go to Eddie's house. Uh, we we enjoy every week. We will spend the time. You will have meal together and we pray together. Um, so one year later, we decided to uh, to go on a, a long term mission. Um, but there was a, one crucial question we asked: Were our family parents? Were our family members, Our parents were supported. Uh, so we've been praying about that, and maybe i let Deborah to share a little mm-hmm. bit more what
2: happened. Yeah, um, my parents, they're Christian. They go to um, Taeson Church with us. Um, even though uh, uh, they're Christian, the mission is um, for someone else, mm-hmm. not for your family. Um, so why would you want to go? Like Let other people go. And also, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I prayed um, that if it's God's will, they will... Um, agree, agreed that we will go. So we prayed and then uh, we talked to my parents. And I told them basically, we were doing um, Sunday school teaching and uh, one of the parents of the Sunday school kid um, passed away and she was about 44. So I started with that line. So I was about 40, so I said, you know, um, don't know when God will take us. And there was some of the parents just passed away, so we want to do this for a year. I just want to um, go to Cambodia and serve God. Um, we just told them and... Um, and lo and behold, my parents, as if they were, like, possessed by something, they said, oh, okay, maybe we'll, we'll go, come and visit you. <laughs> so they said, yes. So, so on the way home, and I was crying and crying, like God answered prayer. And then two mm-hmm. weeks later, my parents come to census, why are you going? <laughs> Let someone else go. <laughs> so too late, you know. They always too late, they okay. said yes. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we embarked our journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for our parents, uh, for my parents, they're they are okay with that. They're quite open because um, I, I grew up in also a Catholic family, um, so they are Catholic, but they are also very supportive as well to uh, whatever I want to do.
2: Yeah. So ever since, we, ever since we've been to Cambodia, every year they will ask, um, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? Even my brother, younger brother, when are you coming back? But now nine years, yeah. I think they're about time to give up. They know we're going to be there for a long time. So. But
1: yeah, so initially we, we, we told the people we, we're going to try one year. Uh, but at the end of one year, we, we felt that oh God is leading us for more, so we extended for two more years, and then extended for another two more years. So quickly, half a decade was gone. Um, so for five years, we um, Deborah was serving in an orphanage, uh, looking after some of the kids, and I was actually working on a school project. Um, but I feel like that five years, God was actually just preparing us for what the journey ahead. Um, so we, in the five years, we established our language skill um, in Cambodian. They call it Khmer, and uh, we built a trust and relationship with the Cambodian people, especially some of the girls in the orphanage. And also, we have opportunity to connect with other missionaries on the field as well. So yeah, in this five year was a uh, was a foundation for us. Yeah, the just want, uh, uh, yeah,
2: uh, this wasn't in the <laughs> draft, but why was some um, just sitting down, um, uh, singing. I just remember this. um, We don't have any children. Um, Three years, we tried IVF, and um, for some reason, Mm. God didn't give us a child. So um, I only prayed for one child. And and, then I realized uh, when we uh, went to Cambodia... Um, the reason God didn't give us a child is so that we can go to Cambodia. Probably if we had the kids we we'll worry about the education or the things so we wouldn't have gone to Cambodia. So um, when once I arrived in Cambodia, some of the locals asked, Well, how many kids? And I used to um, answer because I used to I was looking up to fifty orphans in the orphanage so I answer them, fifty. <laughs> so I used to joke, so be careful what you pray for. I pray for one, I got fifty. So. Oh, by the
1: way, we married for 22 years already, yeah. Yeah,
2: Um, And um, uh, um, some of the villages I go, some of the kids grown up and independent, married, got kids. So they call me grandma. I've got like four grandkids now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So after five years, we we left the original organization that we were serving. Uh, We went for a year in Cambodia. We were praying and um, we were searching and asking God, what are we going to do next? And I think this uh, particular message what was, uh, was a key message want to bring it to you as well today was Matthew uh, chapter 6 verse 33 I say seat first for the king uh, for kingdom and its justice and all will be given to you um, throughout the journey in on our mission mission journey um, God has provided all the things we need um, we never actually uh, tell people what we need or what we plan to do um, yeah. but We (laughs) never ask for financial support. We (laughs) never actually ask for financial support, but um, people will actually um, somehow, some way, fulfill the need um, uh, through our prayer. And so we're really thankful, and and we believe this uh, particular passage was really um, important on our ministry as well.
2: Yeah, this was our uh, mentor's advice when we were leaving for the field because um, there used to be our missionaries, is that uh, when you do God's uh, w- uh, work, let God handle the finance, And then surely, surely God. when we went uh, Cambodia two months, um, God provided more than what we needed. And again, first year, because um, we are just the average workers, we're not seminary trained, so we didn't ask our church support, so we just went. But then again, as Martin said, um, friends and family, um, that, um just uh, supported um provided enough funding for whole year and the one year funding finished and our church said uh, they want to support us and they send us out so mm. step by step God just prepared everything for us and yeah
1: uh, through the year of searching uh, during that time in Cambodia we did a few projects uh there was one um it was okay. one lady a family that we a year of
2: searching slide
1: yep no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, there was a house uh, we, we, we built for a family. Um, the house was actually built on the ground, but whenever it rained, uh, it would actually have flooded half a meter high the water into the house. So it was very um, difficult for the kids uh, in the family to live. And so we, uh, we asked help from, uh, with uh, UTS in Australia here. Uh, so we did a project uh, to rebuild the house, uh, which is the first photo on the left. And then um, also we met uh, a couple, American missionary couple. And they were actually serving in a Muslim community in, in Cambodia there. And they had difficult times um, trying to break into the um, community to try to evangelize them. And so we, we realized maybe we can actually do something for, uh, with them. So we did uh, organize a IK outreach in the Muslim community there. Uh, so initially, um, it was very difficult to communicate or to actually um, to talk to the Muslim people for that missionaries. But after the IK um, I outreach, uh, the door opened up. Um, they were so um, welcomed. the missionaries, keep asking them when are we going back to, uh, to do more IK outreach with them as well. So we actually eventually, we did another one. Uh, but that uh, missionary has to go back to uh, US uh, in the end. Uh, due to a health issue. Um,
2: Yeah, I just want to mention that the Muslim community, um, it is a very close community. Um, This American missionary has been there maybe three, four years, and Mm -hmm. they teach English in my uh, small ministry. Um, But the imam, who is the uh, religious leader of the Muslim community, basically told um, the villagers, whoever goes to see this missionary, American missionary, and hear about the Jesus, then you're going to have a cross come out of your arm Literally, that it threatened, that um like scare people, so it was very difficult. But yeah. with God's grace, when we uh, went in, um, that made the relationship much easier. So they could uh, start talking with the villagers. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it easier for them. Yeah.
1: Um. So at the end of the towards the end of that 2018, um, we we were thinking about what we're going to do next, and uh, God reminded us uh, back in 2014 there was someone who was actually wanting to donate uh, some of the optometry equipment to us. But at that time, we were not doing anything. We weren't planning to do anything regarding to optometry. So we, we just left it as it is. Uh, during 2018, we, this, my, uh, this thing came to our minds again. So we asked the donor, uh, do you still have the equipment? Whoa, oh, he has. <laughs> he was still waiting for us to, uh, to reply to him. And so in the end, we, we told him, yes, uh, we will consider to open up an optometry uh, to an optical shop. And not only he provide all the equipment, he also uh, gave us the money for the shipping fees. And also he came along when the, the shipment arrived, he spent one week in Cambodia to help set up everything as well. And, um, and during that time also there was a difficult time uh, when we tried to get the equipment into Cambodia, they were stuck in the uh, custom for three months. But through prayers and everything, God opened the door and we were able to clear the um, the shipment as well. So praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, I
2: just want to add just uh, the reason behind why we um, opened the optical shop or missionary, usually um, starting a church and um, ministry, not commercial uh, entities. Um, but I realised... Um, Cambodia, a lot of works, they do seven days, so you can't really go to church. So I wanted to create a workplace where we definitely um, rest on Sunday, so uh, whoever works with us will have a time to go to um, uh, Sunday service, and we'll be able to worship God. And also, open in marketplace, um, uh, Cambodia is only 1% uh, Christian, 1 to 3%, very small percentage, and um, average people... They don't even know where church is. They're not interested. They hardly have any chance to come across with the Christians. So, uh, with this optical shop, um, anyone can come uh, walk in. I had a Muslim customer. Um, Buddhist, big um, uh, as well, so majority Buddhist. Um, but while they're waiting for glasses to be made, uh, I ask them, "Do you know Jesus? Uh, is that okay if I um, explain about Jesus?" Most of the people say yes because Cambodian um, very polite people. So even if they want to say no, they would not So they say always say okay. <laughs> so I have opportunity. I have a captive, a captive audience for fifteen to twenty minutes. So that's a um, there was a whole reason I wanted to open this uh, optical prices so that. Um, I can reach the general community so it could be a um, poor people it could be a wealthy people so it could be anybody um, yeah that's how we opened um, and also
1: yeah one of the misconceptions to the Cambodian is they, they think that Christianity is actually for the poor, poor people, people. Okay. because the majority of the people when you go on mission to Cambodia they only focus on the poor people okay. and so they they gradually they think that oh is that the Christianity just for the old people is that yeah, not for support. the middle class yeah, or just yeah. normal people? No, mm. it's not. And, and Cambodia is actually developing uh, faster than you can imagine, mm. um, and so there's a lot of people actually now they are they are more uh, well off and they are they are living a more like average um, living standard in in Cambodia, uh, and so those are people who may be left out actually. And the eye doctor who we worked with two months ago uh, for the two months medical mission. He also established uh, his uh, own medical uh, clinic and also he focusing on the high officials, government officials as well, because uh, those people are also um, left out by um, a lot of um, mission organization, but uh, through them, um, they were able to reach out to those people.
2: Mm. Another purpose for this optical shop is, um, I have um, now two staff, Cambodian, they're Christian, um, uh, for us to train them, not just the optical skills, but also, uh, in terms of, um, the spiritual growth. So. Uh, we don't know how long we're going to stay in Cambodia. Um, so in, uh, when it's our time to leave, uh, we want the Cambodians um, to continue the uh, evangelism and do what we do. Because even though we speak Cambodian, uh, it's not perfect. We still have a strong accent. It's always better for Cambodians to reach their own people. So we do devotion every day and teach them Bible. So even though we're here two months, we do uh, devotion with our staff over the Internet so that um, yeah they will grow in faith. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, which next slide, IK. yeah, Grace IK yeah. BAM. Yeah, I think we explained most of it. So, uh, these are our two staff, Vitu and Mao. Uh, um, has
1: been with us for three, three years, years now, which
2: is uh, phenomenal in Cambodia. Um, if you work somewhere one year that's wow, very long, very long because <laughs> the concept of time in Cambodia is different. So say oh um, you've been um, here a long time It's oh yeah long time, long time. And I say how long? How many years or like six months <laughs> That's like long for them. So yeah I'm very grateful he's with us three years. Um, uh, Mao the girl, she, she been with us um, uh, six months. Actually, Maya's a uh, girl, uh, I used to look after in the orphanage, and she studied graphic design. Uh, worked as a graphic designer, but um, uh, she, during COVID, uh, she didn't have much job. And then I was praying for her, and she was praying to work with us, and so yeah, end up um, yeah, it's good uh, that we have her.
1: Yeah, uh, we need to hire one more staff because we know we're going to come back to in, uh, to Australia for rest. Uh, in order to keep the shop running, we need at least two person. Mm. And so we've been praying that for, uh, for a while. And six months ago, um, that's how it happened. Um, so Mao was joined us since maybe around six months ago.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, um, I was praying, praying to God. because um, she's graphic design background, she can get a much better salary elsewhere. Uh, so I was a bit hesitant, but i um I prayed if it's your will, that she will approach us first and then meanwhile, Ma was praying if it's your God's will, I will approach her first, so <laughs> both of us waiting, so in the end, Ma uh, told me to the other staff that I really want to work here <laughs> so um um yeah, um. We uh, we hired her, and even though I told her I can't match the salary that you used to get other place, this is I can only offer this much, and she said. Doesn't matter. Whatever salary you give me, I can survive. <laughs> so yeah, that's how we have Mao. And just a photo on the right, wearing mask. The one is the customer, and the other one is Ma. And I'm so thankful. Uh, while we're busy, sometimes I share gospel, and sometimes Martin. But with Ma, because she grew up in a Christian environment, so even if, even though I don't actually um, tell her go and sit with the customer straight away. Initially, that everyone's busy. She would sit with the customer and, do you know Jesus? Uncle, do you know Jesus? Is that okay if I tell you Jesus? So I'm very grateful that she was already learning what we're doing. Mm.
1: So this shop, we serve two two purposes. Uh, One is the evangelism we mentioned and also disciples, uh, in particular for our staff, two of them. Uh, We know discipling is not uh, just going through some materials and stuff. It's more like a lifelong journey. We we feel that... um, not only they know about Bible, but how to actually work it out on their faith in their lives. Uh, do they, has their life been changed? Their, their mind, their mindset, has they actually changed? It's through a long journey. So we're doing devotion with them. We try to study uh, Bible with them together every day. We will read a chapter and then we'll do Bible study and, uh, on that chapter. And also we will take turns to lead as well. So we give them opportunity to uh, prepare and to try to uh, lead the study. And so that they were able to do that uh, when we are not around. They can teach other people and they will become uh, more mature Christian. So we mentioned about the um, evangelism, but uh, that's only one part of it. And um, we also partner with other churches, local churches. We realized after five years, we didn't know there was actually at least 30 churches, house churches around our area. Uh, but they are very small, only less than twenty people. Sometimes maybe just ten people, or maybe just one family. They they run the church. Um, so we want to help them. At the same time, we also want to um, challenge them as well. And we realize our um, our skill can actually provide opportunity for them to invite the non-believer around their village, around their area, to come to church. Because most of the people they they may heard about um, like their pastor, the church talk, share about the gospel, they will never actually come to the church. So we will partner with those um, pastors and tell them, can you invite maybe 30 people uh, to come, but one month ahead, so that we can actually pray for them uh, before they come to the IK I, I outreach. And on that week, when we do the outreach, they were able to share the gospel to the villagers. And they will, after that, they can do the follow-up as well. I think one of the important things we, we, we forgot is it was very good we do the outreach, we share the gospel, but um, what happened afterwards? Um, many times the churches, they actually not doing the follow-up well enough. So we try to encourage them to uh, follow up, um, continue to engage with the uh, new believer or people who are interested. And, and so um, initially it wasn't very effective. Uh, we've been trying to do it for the whole year. We feel a little bit um, questioning, we saying, oh, is that really going to work? Is that really working? It looks like um, the churches are not very um, responsive in a, in a way doing that. But the, for the last two outreach uh, before the lockdown, um, it has a little bit of result. You want to talk about
2: it? Mm. Yeah, yeah um, I've done the. We've done the outreach for two years and um, never come across a new believer. So I had this doubt in my mind: well, is this really effective? Maybe I should use. Um, uh, my energy and time, funding, uh, different ways will be more effective. And, um, but, um, as Martin said, we, one condition with the church to be partnered with us is to send us a list of the 30 people. So we, we start praying and the church start praying. And, um, yeah, um, early last year, one church, um, after the, uh, outreach, Martin was invited to preach. So we found out that one lady, even though her husband didn't want her to go to church, decided that, to follow Jesus and attended church. And um, we heard that to this day she's coming to church. So I was very encouraged. And a month after, another um, local church um, didn't even have a pastor, just an elderly man, just loved the Lord. So he donated his own land to build the church. For 20 years, he's been um, broadcasting Christian radio around the village um, people comes when he, when they need help financially or anything, but never came to churches. So he was quite discouraged. So we did the same thing. Give us the thirty names. We pray and you pray. And he told us that he pray every day, and you can see the result. Initially, day after uh, outreach, Martin was praying, uh, preaching as well, mm-hmm. and we were told there's a uh, four ladies joined. So I was very encouraged. And then about a month after, the daughter of the elderly man came to our shop for uh, glasses and. Um, This is what she told us, because before our outreach, it was about 10 members, mostly family, but almost 20 years. So the the elderly man was very discouraged. And then um, after outreach, apparently 10 new ladies joined the church, so the congregation doubled. So I was so much encouraged, and I decided, yes, I will continue this. And then the elderly uh, man, also, he was very encouraged as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, key is um, what I do is not important. The prayer, God has to open their hearts. So
1: yeah. Mm. Um, every two weeks, we will actually go to a village to do some children ministry on village Sunday. Village
2: ministry. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, the story started you, you want to share because that was uh, the girl who yeah. was from orphanage <laughs> as well.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. After. Um, uh, um, when we left the orphanage and some of the girls are old enough, they're going independent. Uh, one of the girls unfortunately married a non-Christian and moved to a very uh, far uh, village in the middle of rice paddy. And uh, when she had the first baby, and I just wanted to go and see her and encourage her and went there. And, of course, um, this rice farming village, had, probably never had any foreigner. And um, the kids started gathering around when I was uh, visiting her. So... Um, I asked the kids, knowing that they would have never ever heard about Bible, I said, would you like to learn Bible? And all the kids, you know, said, yes. <laughs> so this is how the children's ministry started. Because um, it's about two hours away. Um, we're only visiting every two weeks. Um, from then, uh, yeah, we... Um, uh, been teaching Bible and also some of the older the kids want to learn English mm. so we do that and uh, we're hoping that in the future we can establish um, adult Bible study group and um, in the uh, future and, and if there's a appropriate uh, leader to lead a group then yeah we're hoping that um, God will establish a church mm. in that village yeah at the moment the uh, her name is Bo, who um, used to be in the orphanage. She's the only Christian. There's no other Christian in that village. Yeah.
1: So so whatever now is uh, Deborah mostly whenever we go there. I was only, um, for the past six months since the Delta outbreak in Cambodia, uh, everything was stopped. Uh, the outreach stopped and the village ministry stopped uh, because a lot of villages, they don't want outside people actually to go into the village. And so only recently we were able to resume this uh, village ministry in maybe back in October. And so uh, now she mainly focuses on trying to do devotion with her uh, bowl um, when, when we're there. And also I will be focusing on teaching the children uh, while we're there. Um, yes, uh, I don't know how many of you know about um, the next slide. Uh,
2: Romans 8.28.
1: Yes. I was caught into a legal dispute, legal issues in Cambodia. And I was wrongly jailed for three months over there. Um, but yeah, I came out in uh, February 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, that's the bill. This bill was actually a commercial dispute initially. Uh, that was uh, the school project I was working on. Uh, so there was an issue with the construction company. And um, we sought out everything in arbitration, but the construction company wasn't agreed, didn't, didn't agree with that. So he brought the issue to the local court and sued the director of the NGO and me, uh, both of us, saying that we were committed fraud and we cheated them. And so um, it happened in late 2018. Um, but we didn't know that there was an arrest warrant came out in, um, in March uh, uh, 2019. Uh, that time, the, one of the, the lawyers up, uh, who represent the NGO told the director of the NGO to leave the country. Uh, we are aware of the risk, but at that time there were mission teams, and there was uh, we were preparing to open the shop. So we pray, and we feel that we should stay on uh, on the field and continue to uh, run the shop, to start the shop, and everything. So uh, we didn't, I didn't leave the country, and uh, and so a restaurant came out. I didn't know my lawyer didn't know, and so in November that year. When I was trying to fly out to um, Hong Kong to join an exhibition, I was stopped at the immigration. And right then and there, I was uh, detained, and that was the beginning of that three-month uh, detention in the prison. Um, but God actually have prepared everything, and he knows that was part of the journey of our mission um, so he placed some of the key people in our, in our lives when we arrived in Cambodia, who were actually the, the one actually helped us through this journey. And um, one was uh, our language teacher. He has a cousin who is actually the director of the prison system in Cambodia. And so when he heard about me being detained in a prison, he quickly talked to his cousin, his cousin talked to his subordinate who is the director of that prison. Uh, telling him that um, I'm coming into the prison. And so they prepare something for me. Uh, so I had a lot easier life uh, going to prison. Um, I have a place to sleep. I don't need to sleep on the ground. Um, and, um, and also, Deborah was able to visit me every day for up to two hours. Uh, normally, you can only visit once a week. And so um, I have a lot more uh, privilege to um, in inside.
2: Mentioned about the
1: UK, UK guy. Oh yes. Um, Before I got into a prison, I was actually detained in immigration, and I I met a UK um, guy who was actually out coming out of the prison, and uh, I was talking to him. He told me all the inside outs of everything about the prison, and so then I realized God was actually letting me to meet him, so that I were able. To be brief, before going into the prison, well, thanks Lord, oh, thank God, there <laughs> um, yeah. um, that's one thing. And the second thing is, um, we got to know on the second photo, uh, we were the photo I was taken in front of the prison uh, on my left. He was actually a Cambodian, a very famous uh, Facebook journalist. And um, initially, Deborah was trying to contact this person, but he wasn't interested on in my case. However, the pastor who was in a house church in a remote village near Thai border, Uh, his wife actually know her friend, and her friend is a friend of this journalist. So when the news travel, and the pastor's wife contacted her friend, and she contacted this journalist, and this journalist called Deborah right away, and said, I want to have an interview. Can you come and meet me? And so she did, and so after that, they they put my news on the Facebook in Cambodia, and everyone, oh, more than a million people, have read about this in Cambodia. Even the prison guard know about my case, and he. One day I was in prison. The guard saying, "Oh, I was sorry that you know I know you're a good guy. You help me try to help Cambodia. I oh, sorry about the situation." But yeah, um, So people actually know about my case and. Also, the journalist has connection with the Secretary of the Ministry of Justice. And so through that, I was able to um, release um, before the trial.
2: Yeah, I'll just briefly mention why uh, we contacted this, the Facebook journalist. Um, the, uh, just God's provisions um, somehow um, God connected uh, me with the Christian uh, politician who works for Prime Minister Hun Sen. So I got to see him at Parliament House. He advised, because it's uh, if it wasn't in Australia, it shouldn't be a case, should have been thrown out. But because Cambodia is corrupt, that's why they uh, changed this commercial case to a uh, criminal case. So basically he advised that I have to make a noise. I have to make all the uh, uh, Cambodians know about this case, and play the media. So that was his advice, so that's why... Um, been trying to contact this um, quite influential Facebook journalist, but I couldn't. But then, as Martin said, got, had all these people lined up. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. once he put a Martin's article, everybody knew. I'd go to the market, veggie lady asked, oh, how's your husband? Is he out? <laughs> go to the bookshop, I oh, good day he's out. <laughs> go to the Bose village, which I didn't mention. Three months I went to her village by myself, but thinking that, you know, they don't know. But they knew all along <laughs> watching the Facebook. Um, so it was, yeah, very helpful. And God just used, even non-Christian Cambodians, yeah, he came forward to help us. It just God's amazing connections, yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, through this um, journey, that's why I put the uh, Bible verse, Romans eight twenty-eight. In fact, that was the Bible verse uh, for the devotion on that day I was being detained. Uh, the Bible actually say, as we know, in all things, God works for the good of those who loved Him, who has been called according to the purpose. And um, through this journey, I realized there are many things that God works for the good. Uh, first thing I would say is there was one church was actually uh, was kind of there's some internal issues, um, but because of my case, they brought together and tried to pray for my release. And so they forgot about their differences. They they joined together and they just focused on praying for to support me. And that's one thing. Second thing is we got the opportunity to know a lot of um, people that we would have not a chance to actually get to know them, the politicians in the parliament, government, um, prison directors. And and through that, we were able to um, join, uh, maybe considering doing some prison ministry after the pandemic. And uh, so I think that's uh, got maybe through that open the doors for me. And also, um, I got to know uh, one Filipino Christian in the prison while I was in there. He was also wrongly accused, and he has been detained there a much longer time than I did. Um, Through that journey, I got to know him. I was able to encourage him. And after I came out, I also had been visiting him uh, before the COVID lockdown. Um, So after that, uh, I was still trying to visit him and try to encourage him. And I realized um, uh, this experience this journey actually also not only uh, benefit for myself and also would benefit other other people and also now uh, more people know about our ministry as well in Cambodia because of that and so yeah I was really thankful for God.
2: Yeah, about that. um, His name is Polo. Um, Yeah, we do need to pray. He's got sentenced seven years. He's still in jail. Um, Yeah, Polo did tell us it was bad news for him getting jail, but it was good news for him because he didn't speak any word of Khmer, Cambodian. So he didn't know what was going on and he didn't have anyone to talk to. So he was very happy to see Martin when Martin got into jail. He could speak Cambodian. He could translate and talk to him in English. So, yeah, it was a great encouragement for him.
1: Yeah, inside the prison, I also get an opportunity to um, share the gospel to a few Cambodians and also one Chinese. Um, He was also, um, he actually polo and him sleep next to me. And so I got a lot of time to actually talk to them because we don't have much time to go out of the cell. We have one eight by six meter cell. We have 100 people inside. So most of the time we just sit next to each other. So we, we talk. And so I was able to share the gospel to the Chinese guy as well. So that was uh, very good. Um, so when we, um, yeah, during the time COVID hits and, um, and also um, now we have the opportunity to come back. Also, it was very good timing. Uh, so when we came back, we just right before the Omicron. And so um, when we arrived, I think 12 hours later, the government announced there was a Omicron happened. So when we arrived at the airport, there was no testing, nothing. So we thank God for that. Um, so we're able to come in very easily. Um, but so, uh, as Eddie said, uh, we will need to go back in uh, Cambodia in uh, very uh, soon. So on 29th of January, we will go back and we will start our, um, our continue our ministry there. And so there are a few things we would like you to uh, pray for us And uh, the last slide. Um First of all, yes. Can you see? No, no, no. They can see okay. here. Yeah. yeah. You want to share? Oh, the okay.
2: Prayer point? Um, the reason, uh, um, uh, um, the place I opened, the Grace IK, Care, it's a three-story building. I purposely rented the place for enough rooms for a dentist and uh, GP as well. So oftentimes when the old ladies or someone come in, I do the eye test, and they will tell me, oh, my teeth hurts, my shoulder hurts, and you know, I can't help them. So it will be uh, such a, a good opportunity to, to uh, work together, dentist and GP, and then we can go out outreach together. So we've been praying for this uh, prayer point for three years, and we're still waiting. Um, if there's any dentists or doctors here, please do consider. And the second point... Um, is, oh, okay. Um, there are enough churches in Takmao, as, as we mentioned. Um, churches are very small, very inward-focused, so we want to work with them so that we provide them opportunity to evangelize and to um, uh, connect with their uh, neighbors. So um, we're praying for that opportunity as well. We uh, did an
1: outreach in uh, high school.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. There were
1: actually 200 teachers in that school, and we were able to see 50 of them. And so we actually, we partnered with two churches that time. We, walk, uh, we went into the school and we evangelized 50 of them. And then the principal asked, how about the 150? So we still have another 150 in that school, haven't um, been able to reach out.
2: Yeah, there are many opportunities. There's enough schools, um, oh, in prison, 3,000 inmates, so um, once we tell them we want to go into to the ITAS and give glasses, the door will be open. We're already quite um, friendly with the direct, uh, jail director as well, um, so we need more workers. As the Bible said, uh, the habits are plentiful, but uh, workers are few, so anyone considering short-term or long-term, Yeah, we do need more workers. Um, also, we need to uh, pray that the local churches will rise up uh, to work with us as well.
1: Um, recently about the bridge, on the bridge. The...
2: Oh, yeah. When we go back, we'll be doing uh, lunch ministry. Um, there's the uh, um, homeless people under the bridge in Thukmao. Um They're mostly drug addicts and or beggars. Um, I got to uh, know them through um, OM. Um, so... Once we um, go back, we're going to start um, uh, lunch ministry first because I uh, asked advice of, uh, from our mentor who used to look after um, drug addict center and he said um, before we share the gospel, um, they need to know that we care for them. So we need to really have a relationship first. So it's a good way of doing it is provide them food. So we'll be doing that once a month. Um, You've been
1: praying people to help you.
2: <laughs> yeah, so since we're only two of us and they can't really cook Cambodian food, so I prayed and I shared with the uh, the girls that um, got in, um, grown up and an independent from the orphanage, and just share the prayer point and say, "Oh, I need more work um, helpers to cook the meals," and just left it with them. And we came to Cambodia, but um, a few weeks after, and one of the girls sent us a message that the three girls and one uh, boy. Um, they all of them decide to help us to, to get involved in the lunch ministry. So yeah, actually, while we answered. were praying,
1: you were actually asking God, if God, this is the ministry, pray that they will come mm-hmm. forward to yeah. help you, yeah. right? So,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. So so God answered the prayer, and uh, so we're going to start doing that as well. Uh, the last prayer point is about training pastor. As you know, um, there are a lot of pastor. They are very. Um, just farmers, they are in a village, in a, um, they have their own family, just a small house. They will invite other people to share the gospel and start up their house churches. Uh, but all of them are not very equipped. So we are praying that we can partner with pastor or mission, missionary that we can actually train them, provide some short courses. Uh, not, a lot of them not very educated. And even some of them, they may not even able to read, are illiterate. And so we're trying to find some very simple training course to uh, to help them, to him, uh, so that they can actually uh, grow the church as well.
2: Yeah, another instant prayer. Um, before we came, uh, we met an um, Australian pastor uh, who was um, heading the um, Expert um, Church in uh, Phnom Penh. So he came to our shop to get glasses, and we just shared our visions and dreams and prayer points and. Um, just yesterday, he sent me an email saying he has um, checked with the uh, one of the um, uh, um, director or the teacher in the Phnom Penh Bible College, so they're interested to partner with us to train the pastors, so yeah, yeah very thankful.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, through my uh, situation, where I was in prison with the legal case and things, so our church, Sending Church Support, suggested us to actually join a mission organization, but... Um, since maybe 2008, we have been looking for a mission organization that we can partner with. Um, unfortunately, many of them was not really um, business as mission focused. Uh, until recently, we um, got to know a mission uh, director on the field of belongs to OM. Uh, we worked with them on a few occasions, and also I've been actually going to their uh, morning devotion once a week. And so we talked to OM in Australia and um, Realizing actually they're quite supportive in terms of what we're doing for our ministry. So we, uh, last year, mid last year, we applied and we now officially uh, part of the OM, Operation Mobilization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the, the last page that we, sent, uh, we showed to you, uh, actually our support page, uh, the scan, the QR code can actually go to the OM website. And uh, you can actually find the link uh, for the support, if mm-hmm. anything.
2: Yeah, just uh, is it finished? Yeah, because okay. while I was sitting, I noticed here, um, so it's saying you're gonna, you'll be a blessing. The vision, the first, the church that being a blessing, and the second church that doing mission. So yeah, I want to challenge you. Like we were just average, you know, optometrist, IT person, never ever dream to imagine to be a missionary. If you ask me 20 years ago when I was working, you'll be a missionary, I'll say no, big no. (laughs) There'll be someone holy, super Christian, not me. I'm just a small, you know, nobody Christian, just go to church every Sunday. But when God, um, initially God gave me a chance, 2006, I say no. But God gave me another chance, 2007, asked me to go to Cambodia. And um, just step by step, we never imagined to be nine years in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Initially two weeks, become two months. We plan one year maybe and then become nine years. And a lot of people ask us how long are you gonna stay, when are you gonna come back? We don't know. Um since God led us, we'll just follow what God says. If God said come back, we we'll come back. If God says stay, we'll stay. Mm-hmm. So I want to challenge you. It may not be nine years like us, but it could be just a one month or two months, um, since your church motto is uh, church that doing mission and also being a blessing. Um as a migrant, I was just thinking that being a Christian, uh, most of you are uh, Christian here. Um, I mean, no, sorry, Korean, most of you Korean here. I mean, you know, you you know, the Korean, uh, Christian history because all the missionaries came 100, 200 years ago. Um, we've been blessed, so we become Christian. So I think it's now it's our turn. I don't think it's just the, co- um, accident or, um, that you were in uh, Australia, um, even though we're, uh, most of you are Korean, you somehow, because your parents and um, you're here, you have a great asset. Speaking English is a good asset. Um, in Cambodia, everybody wants to learn English, even Korean as well. So you, you might think that, oh, I don't have any skills. Speaking English is already a good skill, excellent skill. Um, mm-hmm. You can come and teach English, and also you can do a mission as well. So don't think that mission is something uh, for super Christian or difficult. Just step um, every step of the way, God will lead you like he did with us. Um, I'm a person that worries a lot. And um, even nine years, I always ask Martin, is this really God's will? or is that? And then he tell me, look, God provided this and this and this.
1: I have to use a flow chart <laughs> to explain to her.
2: <laughs> Computer guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to challenge you. I think as a, well, us Koreans have uh, received so much. I think it's a time for us to give and go out and blessing to other nations.
1: Actually, not just jump into a mission, but we initially we started um, serving in the church as well. Um, since 2002, 2003, we were actually serving in a Sunday school like Eddie mentioned. That's how we actually met Eddie. And then after that, we started, uh, we saw the need in English ministry. So we started a workers' group and also working with Eddie as well at that time. And through the journey, gradually God leading us serving more and more people. Um, in a way, it ended up on the field. So I believe everyone has the same calling, and any every, anyone who has the same calling, but who actually respond, I think that's the question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you for Thanks listening
0: to us. Thank you. Did you guys enjoy their story? Um, uh. Um, I, I I don't know why, I, I know everything, I know basically almost 100% of what they shared, but I don't know why I still get a little bit emotional when you guys share too. Maybe it's because we, I, I know I, I didn't go to Cambodia with you, but I, I always feel like we somehow, someway walked the journey slightly together. And so I, I just want to thank you for that. Um, you know, I didn't know it either 17 years ago, but 17 years later, I honestly believe that Martin and Deborah are the greatest entrepreneurs that I know for the kingdom. You know, if you if you if you didn't catch it, ever since I met them, they're like, "Oh, if there's a need, why don't we do something?" And that was it. And then they would pray about it. God would provide, and it would happen. That's their whole story. You know, there's that these prayer points of like, "Oh, yeah, you know, there's we just saw some homeless people. You I mean, why don't maybe God's leading us? So why don't we just pray about it?" And then let's just start a ministry to minister to them. Oh, there's people over here. that Oh, well. And that's all they would do. Oh, there's churches here. Why don't we partner with them? And then let's create outreaches together. And then they would pray about it. And that's what happens. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, maybe instead of starting a church, why don't we start a ministry that can reach our community more powerfully? And oh, So why don't we just start one? And that's what they do. They pray about it. And they're like, I think, the greatest entrepreneurs I know for the kingdom I've ever met in my whole life. And not only that, and obviously in close partnership, they might be... Um, maybe the strongest people of faith I've ever met. Among pastors, non pastors, it makes no difference because it is true what Deborah says. You know, she's like the most hesitant woman to start anything or do anything. And then, but then they just go do it whenever they tell me, oh, "We're going to start this." I'm like, "Whoa, you guys are crazy!" And then, and, and you know, deep in my heart, I'm just like, as if, uh, God, that's going to take a miracle. I'll never say that publicly, but that's what I'm thinking in my head. And then then they tell me, Oh, yeah, what's happening? I'm like, oh my God, God is really with you guys. You know, give me some of that God magic. You know, and I'm always like, ah. Oh, you know, and I and it's but it's, it's absolutely wonderful because, you know, it's it, they humble me all the time. And you know, I hope that their story not just humbles you, but challenges you as well. Because it, it more than anything else, after all my after I get over all my insecurities, you know, hearing all their amazing stories, um, what I realized at the end of it is that that's who God is. And that's how what a loving father wants to really do through his children. You know, there's such a need out there for those who are lost and for those who don't know Jesus. You know, whether they're at your university or whether they're at your workplace or whether they're your little physical neighbors. Maybe there are people who are really in need around you. And if there's one thing I really always learn, oh, I, I learn all the time constantly from Martin and Deborah, it's just that my eyes are... I was just too focused on myself uh, to realize what God actually might be leading me to, or to whom God might be leading me to, or the opportunities that might be right in front of my face that I'm just not looking at. You know, and so um I thank them so much for being my friend. But more, more than that, I thank them so much for that I get to call them partners in the gospel. And and more than that, brother and sisters of the of the mighty God that we serve that has that heart to reach the lost around us. And so, you know, can we just do this? I just want to end our time maybe with just a a minute or two of prayer. And I just want to ask you guys, you know, maybe your eyes are too focused upon yourself and you haven't been listening because God, your Father is speaking to you. You know, your Father wants to always lead you to good things, right? He's always working for your good. He's always working so that, you know, people can find Christ through you and through your salvation. But sometimes our eyes are too focused upon ourselves. Let's just take a minute and ask God, God, open up my heart, open up my eyes. What are the ways that you're speaking to me about? And who or who might you be speaking to me about? Is there a ministry behind this friendship, this partnership? You know, this reason, is there a reason why you sent me here? And maybe we've never paused to ask the question. Why don't we pause today to ask the question? Let's talk to God right now. Let's pray. I'd like to offer just one more challenge, um, because Martin and Deborah are from Cambodia. I don't know if you ever consider Cambodia, um, but maybe today God's just speaking to you. Maybe God's moving it on your heart. I don't know. Um, but can I ask you to pray a prayer to consider Cambodia today? Let's just uh, first of all let's pray that God blesses Martin and Deborah and their ministry. Let's really pray for all the churches and the missionaries that are out there. There is less than about 1% of that population that are Christian. Let's really pray that God will move among the believers to really um, use people, to show them how worthy Christ is, is to be followed and worshiped in that country. Let's really pray that God will break through in that country even more powerfully. But maybe you can also ask, God, do you want me to be a part of that movement? Maybe you never asked that question. Can I just ask you to ask that question today once again? So can we pray for Martin and Deborah? Let's pray for the country of Cambodia. And then let's ask God to see if maybe we're a part of that movement that he wants us to be a part of. Let's pray. We thank you so much for the ways that you've really worked in Martin and Deborah's life. Just taking them step by step, God, to be where they are right now, so that they might be this this man and this woman, this partnership that just wants to trust you, that just wants to have this heart that reaches your people with the gospel that wants to love your people no matter what station they might be in. And Father, just has this continual heart of availability to just be used by you in any way that you might call them. God, continue just to draw them close to you. May their hearts always be close to yours. Father, may their hands always, and their hearts and their feet always be available to you in any single way. And Father, we pray, use them powerfully just as you have for the past nine years to make an impact, to reach people, to show this country of Cambodia how worthy Christ is, to be followed, to be worshiped, to be loved with all that we have. And Father, I pray that you continue to flourish their ministry. All those prayer points we saw on that slide, we ask that you would provide them in your time, faithfully, in your way. And God, so that you can continue to mold them, Father, to be your servants, your instruments, your tools, God, to really just um, show Cambodia, how worthy and beautiful you are. But Father, so that they can give maximum glory to you in all that they do. Father, we thank you so much. Continue to work in that country so that many will be saved. We know that that country is blinded so powerfully by Buddhism, Muslim, and Islam, but we pray that the truth will break through, that people will truly see that Christ is the only way, that he is the only truth, God. And Father, we pray that people, massive people, will just continue to fall in love with him, Father, in that country, that will topple all the ways that the evil one has a hold upon their hearts. And Father, we pray, God, that through their ministry, through Martin Debra's ministry and all the ministries that are happening over there in Cambodia, Father, that people will truly see that Christ is so worthy of their whole lives. God, we pray that the gospel and Jesus will break through powerfully there. And God, in our, we thank you, God, that we could hear your story, your story told through our brother and sister. But Father, we know that there's a story that you're writing in our lives as well. And so God, I pray for our people, God, that you would teach us how to take our eyes off of ourselves. And Father, you would teach us how to look at you and just keep our our, our gaze fixed upon you so that we might be open to your heart. The, the little ways that you might be leading us, Father, to reach another person, to love another person, to care for another person, Father, to, to make an impact for you and for your glory. And God, we trust that you're going to do that. We trust that you're already doing that. So Lord, give us the heart, the The mind, the eyes, the body, to be able to respond and just like Martin and Deborah, to trust you in every single step of the way, knowing that you love us, that you'll provide in every single way. All we need to do is seek after you and your righteousness first. And you're always going to work for the good in our lives. We thank you. We praise you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, You know, I'm just going to close with some announcements. So, um, we won't have our ending song. Sorry, band. Okay. Um, First of all, hello and welcome to all the year 12s that are here. Year 12s, can I just see a hand for the the brave year 12s? Just just a few. Thank you so much. Let's give them a hand. Welcome. I know you guys don't know me personally. I don't know you personally, but I'd love to get to know you guys. So, let's meet soon. You know, let's get to know each other better. But welcome. Thank you so much for having the courage to come out and worship with us today. Uh, We hope you enjoy FLM. And please just uh, be courageous and join (laughs) everything. You know, just get your feet dirty. We'd love to, you know, do ministry with you and just to grow with you. So welcome. Welcome to our ministry. Um, Next week, uh, before. And we don't—I don't think we have to announce it again. But we're just going to have in-person services from now on. I know. I think COVID is something that we're learning to live with. And I never thought I'd sound like the prime minister <laughs> anyway. But you know, not the prime minister, but the the uh, the uh, You know, he's not the prime minister. The premier and you know but yeah you know like i think it's something that we're learning to live with i know a lot of people in our church already you know has covid right now i get messages throughout the week telling me oh this person has covid this person's a close contact there's so many let's pray for all of our people if you know anyone who has it or their families may have it they're a close contact let's pray for them that god will heal them you know quickly and powerfully i think my wife and i we had it like two weeks ago it's It's brutal for some, it was brutal for us, Uh, but for others, it's kind of asymptomatic. Let's always pray that it's on the latter side for you guys. And let's really pray for their families, that they'll be protected as well. Um, It's a a thing that's going around. It's something that we're learning how to live with. But as we're here at church, let's be safe. Uh, Let's, you know, greet each other, love each other, care for each other, but let's do it as safely as we can. Um, And let's follow all of our protocols. So there's hand sanitizers, QR codes, masks. All those things, let's continue to do that. If you are unwell at all, please stay home, okay? Um, uh, But if you're not, we'd love to worship with you here at church. For some reason, it's so much better in person. I love it. I don't like preaching to the camera either, so I I like it when you guys are here too. Uh, Please feel free to come back anytime if you're at home today. Uh, But if you're unwell, please stay at home. Um, Also, if you do test positive for COVID at all, and you're part of a CG. Can you message your CG leader? We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to care for you better. If we're learning how to do that. Um, but we'd love to know if you are. So if you ever test positive, please tell your CG leader. Message me or any of our officers. And we'll definitely, you know, I think we're going to have like this running COVID, weekly COVID, you know, prayer list. Right? I think it's becoming a real thing. So let's, let's do that together. Uh, people asking, our kid, when's Kids Connect going to start again? We're not exactly sure. We're aiming for our first week of February, which is our kids' ministry, but we're actually not sure yet. You know, we kind of want to gauge how confident parents are. And so parents, if you're out there and you're asking that question, please message me or Stephen and Sylvia and let us know when you feel comfortable bringing your kids, and we'll we'll adjust to that more than anything else. Um, one last thing before we get to the offering is this. Um If you... Obviously, Martin and Deborah here, they're missionaries with uh, Operation Mobilization. If you'd like to support them in any single way, we have a QR code here. You can always go back to the YouTube. We have handouts that we'd love to give to you as you leave. Uh, those, the QR code's there. If you'd like to go to the YouTube, you can always scan this on the YouTube uh, feed. Um, and you just have to point it, and it goes straight to supporting them in any single way uh, that you'd like to financially. And so whether it's one-off or whether it's regular, it's totally up to you to do that. But please support them. Because uh, obviously from the stories that you hear, they're doing an amazing thing. Uh, one last story, and then I'll, I'll close, I swear. But um, I was I was there when I heard that Mar- there was a chance that Martin might go to jail. It, by pure God's sovereignty and serendipity, I, I had a chance to go to Cambodia. And uh, I met with Martin. I remember we were meeting in the city, and we were, we were having lunch. And I was, my only goal that morning was I'm going to encourage Martin as much as I can. I don't know what it's like to think I might be going to jail and to be jailed unjustly. So I thought, so I'm going to make him laugh and I'm going to be encouraging as I can. So we will take it. Well, I said, let's go to a really nice restaurant today. All that kind of stuff. But then I remember I, um, on the ride home, I, I, after talking with him over lunch, I was just so like shaken. Because he had said something to me that I thought I would never hear from anyone. But, you know, he, I remember over lunch, he said, Eddie, you know, but it, it, maybe it's not that bad that I'm going to jail. <laughs> right? I, when was the last time you ever heard that? And I said, why? And he said, who, know, who knows? Maybe God might be sending me to jail so that people might meet Jesus. And they can hear the people that would never hear the gospel because there's no way people are hearing the gospel outside the jail because there's hardly any Christians in Cambodia. For sure, I bet no one's sharing the gospel inside the jail. And maybe this is God sending me inside the jail so that people can know Jesus. And I just thought, I've never heard that from anybody. Or I don't know anyone who thinks that way, you know. And this is not someone that, like, like hypothetical, this is someone that's facing you know that situation. And so that's when I knew that they were cut from a little bit of a different fabric, you know, than, than people like me. But if you'd like to support them in any way, I just think they're doing amazing things. So there it is. At this time, we're going to take a time of offering together. Um, and so if you've already given, that's great. You know, the details are up there. Um, we're just going to take 30 seconds for you to do that. Uh, if you've already done it, please, let's take this time just for you to pray and for you to offer yourself to God. Let's make ourselves an offering to the Lord at this time. Let's pray. going to pray for us and then close our service together. Father, we thank you so much that we got to hear your story through our brother and sister today. We thank you, God, that you love us so much. We thank you, God, that you've given us Jesus so that we could know the life that we were created for, so that we could know our true Father who has such a purpose and a plan for us. And God, we know that so often we just We're so focused on ourselves or what's on our plate or what's right in front of our face that sometimes we really do miss the ways that you're leading us and the places and the people that you might be trying to direct us towards. So God, help us to be a people that are always open to you. Father, speak to us in that way. Make us question things. Make us people that just want to follow you in every way. And Father, we pray, as you do, then make us people, God, that will trust, that will obey, that will follow, and just trust that you'll provide in every single way. And so, God, we pray, move us to be people who care about the kingdom, who care about your glory, who really do want to see so many more people in the kingdom, and not just us, people who go to church, but people, especially non-believers all around us. Lord, give us a heart for them to know Jesus and use us so that they might know Jesus us. We thank you, God, so much for all this. Teach us, continue to teach us how to follow you and to live for your glory. We thank you so much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord radiate his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen.